Hey, it's Matea, reminding you that this show cannot be made without you. If you've been thinking about becoming a Canada Land supporter, we're having a pretty great sale right now. You'll get premium ad-free feeds of all Canada Land shows, discounts on merch from our store, and exclusive bonus episodes, like a behind-the-scenes tour of the federal budget lockup, more of Boris Johnson's trip to Canada, and of course, more of us yapping about what's hot in politics right now. We want to make it as easy as possible for you to become a Canada Land supporter. So from now until the end of May, we have a special offer for our listeners. Sign up now for just $2 a month for the next six months. Just go to canadaland.com join or click the link in your show notes to become a supporter today. This episode of Oppo is brought to you in part by FreshBooks. FreshBooks makes it easy to stay in the black without seeing red. It's genuinely easy to invoice, expense, and manage your books as a small business owner. For a limited time, FreshBooks is offering our listeners 50% off your first three months when you sign up for a paid plan. Go to freshbooks.com slash oppo and enter OPPO in the how did you hear about us section. That's freshbooks.com slash oppo for 50% off your first three months. This episode of oppo is brought to you in part by Wealthbar. Wealthbar makes it ridiculously easy to access professionally managed investments and financial advice. Invest in a professionally managed portfolio in minutes. You'll also get unlimited financial advice from a certified financial planner when and how it works for you. Sign up in minutes at wealthbar.com slash CanadaLand and get a $100 fee credit. Visit wealthbar.com slash CanadaLand for more offer details. From CanadaLand, this is Oppo. I'm Jen Gersten Calgary, and I am knee-deep in the fucking gin today. Oh my god. But don't you worry about me, kids, because while you were all talking about how COVID was just another flu, I've been stockpiling hand sanitizer and Western Canadian Select, and guess what? My moment has come. Oh my god, Jen, this is like, this is unbelievable. I'm Sandy Garasino in Vancouver, and uh, we're all just, everybody's getting out their titanium umbrellas and strapping in because we, uh, we're we on a train wreck of all train wrecks, and it came so fast. It's actually staggering how quickly this has all come upon us. We're recording this on Monday. I'm just letting you all know because I'm expecting things to get much worse by the time the show's released. On this week's show, we have clearly angered the fire demons, and now we must atone. Yes, there was a time, kids, when in all our arrogance we had declared that this was the end of history, and now history is making us its bitch. The stock markets have plummeted, oil is in free fall, even roll up the rim has been cancelled. We take a look at the effects of the new coronavirus, COVID-19, and what the cost of oil means for Canada and whether any of it even matters anymore. Oh boy, here we go. I started drinking last night when uh, I started watching Twitter because oil's oil's down. What a disaster. Yeah. Oil's down a bit. Yeah. By early Monday morning, prices for West Texas Intermediate Crude had fallen to $32 a barrel. Oh, we're so fucked. And the context for this, um, as Jen, Jen is laughing drunkenly, this is before she sobers up and realizes how bad it is. The Alberta budget, where Jen is, is assuming a benchmark price of $58 a barrel. Is that not correct for West Texas? 
and uh, and it's at 30 now. Yeah, and every dollar a barrel drop in the average price over the course of a year cost the Treasury an additional $355 million in lost revenue. But that's not even so. I mean, I think Trevor Toome was tweeting about this, but he was predicting yes. at, at this rate, our next year's deficit will be close to like uh, 11 to 12 billion or so, you know, whatever, on a $50 billion budget. You know, I, my concern here isn't so much the budget, though, to be perfectly blunt, because Alberta is still relatively strong in terms of its fiscal capacity. It's still got, you know... It can weather this, yeah. The actual provincial treasury can weather this. um, And we can manage through, you know, debt and some cutbacks in spending. And, and, you know, we still have room to put in a sales tax, which for fuck's sakes, can we get on with it and get do it and just put a sales tax in place? Thank you, Jen. Thank you. I've been been writing about this for years. No one pays attention to me, Sandy. Well, they should. They should. I mean, we could literally solve this problem overnight by putting together a reasonable sales tax. The real concern with this kind of a drop in oil prices is that all of the oil and gas companies are fucked. Mm -hmm. But it goes beyond that. One of the things that I think that Canadians need to know is how much of an impact this is going to have on the national GDP. I mean, this is going to, this is a disaster for Alberta. It is an unmitigated disaster for Alberta. I still hold out, I don't know why, but I hold out some hope that the U.S. government, because this is, this whole catastrophe is being brought about by an oil war between Vladimir Putin and Russia and Prince Mohammed bin Salman in Saudi Arabia. This was the failure of uh, the OPEC plus organization, which is the oil producing, the Middle East oil plus Russia and a couple of other producers who are trying to manage uh, oil pricing through the impending recessionary shocks that might be coming out of China because of coronavirus. Those talks failed and there's now been an outbreak of an oil price war between these two countries alone has brought this on. I, for some bizarre reason, hope and pray that American diplomacy has some... (laughs) She's laughing. She's laughing drunkenly, Canadians. There's there's drunken laughter. We're just... It's not going to happen. I think this is the right answer, actually. This is... I mean, to be blunt, it's it's a perfect storm. You have an absolute incompetent fool running the White House. I mean, what, what fraction of the State Department is... Like, their senior positions are still unfilled. I, yes. I mean, it's there's it's no been stripped bare. It's been stripped bare of everything. You're right. You've got a Republican establishment who thinks still thinks that COVID is like a deep state conspiracy and it's going to yeah. get half of them the fuck killed. I mean, like, I, I don't know what to tell you. There's no silver lining here. It's just it's just all it's all falling apart in a in a domino effect of shit. That's what's happening right before our eyes. The domino of, of shit, everybody, is that <laughs> is that Canada's GDP is going to suffer. China is is going to be heading into recessionary shock right now because their GDP for this quarter is going to be dramatically down. For it to even come within 50% of what its projected GDP was for the rest of the year, it has to explode in productivity and be up at 8 or 9%. If it doesn't, and it won't, it can't. 
China's economy is going to suffer a shock and the world is going to head into recession because China's growth is the engine of the world economy. It is 50% of world GDP growth. So the fact that China is only going to hit at best around 60 to 70% of what its projected growth was means that the world is going to head into recession. The world heading into recession uh, I think you said it right, Jen, is a domino of turds, basically. And this is going to be this is going to be a disaster. Let's bring back to some politics, though. We've got a bunch of septuagenarians now running for U.S. president in an election year in the midst of an outbreak that overwhelmingly and disproportionately kills the elderly. And they're all having rallies. <laughs> and they're all having rallies. They're not canceling those. <laughs> At least Bernie Sanders' rallies are of, of a population that is not going to be hit hard. But everybody, Biden and, and Trump, are both having rallies of I mean, this, septuagenarians. This, this is a really dark thing to be laughing about, and I'm okay with that. I mean, like, I'm sorry if I'm if my gallows humor is offending you, but, like, it's actually all perfect. Like, it's, it's just perfect in its terribleness. <laughs> Oh, it's just good. Well, it's just going to be bad. Oh, here's what I don't understand. If we're if we're go- if we're going to if we're going to pivot over to American politics briefly, just for a few minutes, what I don't understand is why, if you're Bernie Sanders and your number one issue is healthcare, and uh, there's a global pandemic going on, why are you spending your time? attacking your opponent instead of going out there and saying, hey, everybody, wouldn't you be a lot safer right now with universal health care and not worrying about whether your whole household is going to be bankrupted? Because the Democrats cannot help themselves? I don't know. I think that I actually think that unfortunately, (laughs) the Bernie campaign is is imploding by the hour. That's my projection. What do you want me to tell you? I don't know what you want to say. (laughs) This is Drunken Oppo. We're going to have a new show called Drunken Oppo. And obviously, I have not consumed enough for this because I don't live in Alberta where everybody is drunk today. But I think that uh, Jason Kenney is going to be making announcements just about any time now, any minute now, as a matter of fact. I know it'd be really great if you were to actually see some leadership coming out of Alberta and you would see some pan, a pan-partisan press conference in which Jason Kenney came forward and said, due to the absolutely unprecedented set of black swan events that currently hitting the, the province, you know, the responsible thing for us to do at this point is to talk about implementing a sales tax, maybe put some of our tax cuts uh, on hold, and, you know, to continue with uh, moderate spending restraint uh, going forward. And all of the parties were to come together and be like, yes, this is a moment of crisis. This is where we have to do. And we're not going to like kill you for, for bringing in no, the sales tax. No, Jen. Will, no, Jen. Never... No, Jen. That's not going to happen, Jen. Because <laughs> it's absolutely not going to Alberta has, Alberta has been shielded from its own governing malfeasance for so long. At this point, the only thing to do is just, just watch the train collapse, like the, watch the train explode. That's... and. Like, hey, I don't know what to, yeah, no, it's Jump never from the happen. train. You're supposed to, no, Jen, you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be jumping from the train. We're on the, no, we're stuck here. We're stuck on the train. <laughs> I'm stuck on the train. We're, we're, we're on the train now. And that's just, we're just moving. That's happening. It's just never going to happen. Yeah. No, never in a million yeah. years. And to be honest with you, there's a part of me that deep in my soul that is chaotic neutral. You know, there's a part of me deep in my soul that's like, just how fragile is it? Just how much could we break it? If we just keep poking, there's a perverse curiosity. Like, like you know, if you see like a dead frog and you take a stick at it and you're just like, I'm going to 
poke it and see what happens. Just keep poking at it. This episode of Oppo is brought to you by FreshBooks, the preposterously easy-to-use accounting software. You started a small business because you love what you do, so why don't you have time to actually do it? FreshBooks helps you focus on your craft by saving you time invoicing, expensing, and tracking your work. It's so easy to use with built-in automation to ensure that you spend as little time as possible invoicing, expensing, and tracking time. You can get back to what actually matters to you, growing a business. FreshBooks has plans designed for all types of businesses, so whether you're a freelance photographer, a carpenter, or a podcaster, choose the plan that's right for you. FreshBooks is a simple and intuitive tool for small business owners, but if you ever need a bit of help wrapping your head around something, they have an award-winning Toronto-based support team who are always happy to help. For a limited time, FreshBooks is offering listeners 50% off your first three months when you sign up for a paid plan. That's a great deal. Go to freshbooks.com slash oppo and enter OPPO in the how did you hear about us section. That's freshbooks.com slash oppo for 50% off your first three months. Are we going to talk about Brian Jean? Uh, let's talk about Brian Jean because Brian Jean did an op-ed in the Edmonton Journal. Brian Jean. Okay, let me let's let's just rewind here. Brian Jean, in case you don't know him, is the guy who used to run the Wild Rose Party before the Wild Rose Party merged with the Progressive Conservative Party in Alberta to form the United Conservative Party, or the UCP as it's now known. Uh, Brian Jean lost to Jason Kenney uh, in the leadership campaign and has since sort of flitted about the edges finding something useful to do with himself. Well, it looks like he's found the thing. In the Edmonton Journal, he wrote an op-ed, and it starts, Canada is broken. Albertans want to fix it. We are tired of being treated like a colony in our own country. Echoes uh, Buffalo Declaration, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago. And the gist of this op-ed, correct me if I'm wrong, because as we've established, I'm not sober, um, is that, you know, Canada needs to come to the table and fix its relationship with Alberta or Alberta should separate. Essentially, he's he's coming out with a, a separatist light manifesto here. Is that about right? I think that's about right. Um, his timing is impeccable. <laughs> oh, yeah, perfect. Like, I mean, the, 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 trust I, me, the, the entire world is just upright waiting to hear from Alberta separatists right now. This is I exactly mean, the moment. Read the room, Brian, is my bottom line. Read the room. This is not... There was an interesting dynamic that happened right after the federal election when there was such fury in Alberta that Justin Trudeau... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, yet again, was prime minister. That the, the separatist thing really blew up. And I know, Jen, you really believe that this is this has enormous legs in Alberta. Much, well, and, I- but... I would, I would I would put some caveats on that but okay so but I think that I think that to the extent that this got a lot of coverage nationally and in the national media I just I don't see it and British Columbia is nowhere near there and and nor do I think Alberta is near there even though there's a lot of anger 
And finally, how much does separatism solve a single... There, in, in none of that op-ed, by the way, which outlined all of the problems that Brian Jean and many Albertans have with the current status quo in Canada, in no way did he ever outline how separatism was going to solve a single one of those doesn't get Alberta any closer. No, no. And, and like this is this is the major caveat against separatism. And I mean, Jason Kenney's actually made this point publicly many times. I mean, uh, separatism doesn't solve any of Alberta's problems. It solves none of them. What I would say is I, I, I don't think you can ignore the separatist sentiment. I don't think you could ignore Wexit because, uh, you know, I think that there was a temptation to ignore things like Brexit. There was a temptation to ignore things like Trump. Like, this is just so crazy, it couldn't possibly work. It couldn't possibly happen. And the more you say that, the more paradoxically I think you kind of fuel it. You know, I don't think that Wexit or separatism is a serious political movement at this point in Alberta. I think the anger and the grievance is very, very high. And I think that when you have a population that is this angry and this frustrated and this scared weird shit can happen. So I wouldn't rule it out either. One of the things that I, I think I mentioned this with the Buffalo Declaration as well, is that one of the things that I've been watching for with the separatist stuff is, you know, is there anybody credible? Is there anybody with any actual organizational skill willing to put their name to some of this stuff? Brian Jean is a credible politician. He's served in Alberta. He's He used to be a conservative MP. Um, he was a leader of the Wild Rose Party. He's got, you know, people behind him. He's got organizers behind him. He knows how to be a politician. That is not a comforting sign to me as someone who thinks that separation is not a good solution here. The fact that you have credible people putting their names to things like this is sort of like the early steps of something going from a fringe movement to a slightly less fringe movement. So Jen, my question to you is, uh, to what extent do you think this relates to the federal conservative leadership contest? This, I mean, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I mean, that that was something that got talked about when we were talking about the Buffalo Declaration as well, is that there's an attempt to sort of influence the federal leadership to make sure that the federal leader, whomever he is, uh, puts uh, Western Canada first and foremost. I mean, there was a reason why Jason Kenney endorsed Aaron O'Toole, like right after Peter McKay mm-hmm. held a rally here, right? Yeah. There was yeah. a reason why that's happening. So there is absolutely that kind of backroom finagling and moving around. Brian Jean is not I don't think Brian Jean is influential within federal politics anymore, though. Like, I just, I, to some extent, this reads to me a little bit like Brian Jean f- trying to find a useful niche for himself within Alberta politics. That seems like more of what's happening here than him trying to influence the federal leadership. So I'm just going to put my two cents in on this as, as someone who grew up in Alberta more decades ago than I will ever admit publicly. But Alberta separatism was an issue when I was growing up, which was around the time that the Alberta Heritage Fund got put together by Peter Lougheed. Uh, believe it or not, it's hardly grown since since that time. Alberta separatism is just kind of always in the water there. And I think that what's my take is that what we're really seeing is Alberta in a traumatic role. If you look at it, six years ago, Alberta had the prime minister, it had numerous cabinet ministers, it had enormous power, it had head offices flocking there, it had the Canadian financial sector flocking there, setting up almost a dual head office between Toronto and, and Calgary. The Petroleum Club was riding high. Uh, median household incomes were the highest in Canada. Oil 
oil was, uh, what was it, around $100 a barrel. Mm -hmm. It it was just, it was, and what have we seen? An absolute collapse of the Alberta economy, a collapse of its power, a collapse of its influence on the national stage. And I think that what we're really seeing here is Alberta in revolt, in trauma, at, at an, in the most incredible reversal of fortune that I think we've seen, and sudden, that we've seen on the Canadian stage in recent decades, in the last 50 years. I think that that's a very eloquent and sober way of putting it. I think that's exactly right. Um, you're right. I think that there's a certain degree of separatism that's always in the water in Alberta. That's, that's correct. I've never seen it like this. And I think that the reason why I've never seen it like this is further to what you just said, because there is a sense that those good times aren't coming back. The head offices are heading out of Alberta. They're not coming back. Like we know that, you know, even if Alberta, even if oil does go back to a hundred dollars a barrel, we're not going to see the reinvestment like we saw 10 years ago. Like it's, it's gone. It's gone forever now. And I think that you've got a bunch of people in the provincial Mm -hmm. ranks of power who are still kind of banking on this idea that you can bring the nineties back. Um, Or not the nineties really. When was the last major boom? Help me out here. Well, it was really actually post the financial crisis was the biggest boom that Alberta experienced. But I mean, but I mean, throughout the nineties, there was so it was actually quite short lived. Yeah, it was short lived. I mean, you kind of have people in power right now who are banking on this idea that you can just sort of bring the past back and oil is going to come back and everything else is going to come back with it. Look, it wouldn't surprise me if oil did go back to one hundred dollars a barrel at some point in the next ten years. That could happen. But even if that were to happen. Alberta isn't going to boom like it did. That era is now over and over forever. And with that collapse in financial and political power, I think that that is causing a lot of people to more publicly reassess the deal, essentially, the deal of confederation. Um, that, as I said, like, mm-hmm. I don't think that this is a serious movement right now, but, you know, we're heading into some weird shit. And not just in Alberta, we're heading into some weird shit in Canada we're heading into some weird shit globally. We're heading into a weird U.S. election. I'm not putting predictions on anything right now because I think that there's just too much volatility in everything. Let's all just stay calm. Keep your shirt on, everybody. Have some gin. Drink some gin. <laughs> this episode of Oppo is brought to you in part by Wealthbar. Wealthbar believes your investment experience shouldn't be determined by how much you have. So whether you've got $1,000 or a $1 million, you get access to professionally managed investments and financial advice. Open a TFSA and RRSP and more online in minutes. No paperwork, no hold music. Check in on your investments anytime from your computer or their easy-to-use mobile app. Start investing with as little as $1,000. Consolidate your investments into one easy-to-manage view and get the full picture of how your wealth is growing. Get full transparency into your fees and performance anywhere, anytime. WealthPAR makes it easy to make more confident decisions about your money. Speak to a financial advisor by phone, chat, email, or book a meeting. Services included in your fees, regardless of how much you have to invest. Start investing right away from the comfort of your PJs. Talk to a financial professional by chat, email, or phone, or book an appointment through the app, all at your convenience. Sign up in minutes at wealthbar.com slash CanadaLand and get a $100 fee credit. Visit wealthbar.com slash CanadaLand for more offer details. So Sandy, I got, you know what my day has been like today? Do you want to know why I'm knee deep in the fucking gin? Why are you knee deep in the fucking gin, Jen? Because today, uh, with the cost of oil, I'm sure that the value of my house has just been cut by at least a quarter. I got was informed that my son's education program's been cut, 
and my childcare is sick. And oh, what was the other thing that happened? Yes, uh, I just got a personal call from our financial advisor. And believe me, I'm not important enough to get the call from anybody but his assistant normally telling me not to panic because my portfolio is dead. I'm having a great fucking day. How are you? Oh, I'm having a better day than most of the portfolio managers in Canada who are all phoning their clients and saying, don't sell, for God's sakes, don't sell. Buy, buy. This is a good time to buy. Dividends are up. Seriously, you probably shouldn't sell. This is like there are going to be some buying opportunities coming on. This is not the end of civilization. And if it's the end of civilization, your portfolio is not going to do you any good anyway. So, you know, stay calm, carry on, drink some gin. I'm watching you drink. Jen and I, by the way, everybody, Jen and I are watching each other on Skype while we're recording this. And she is, in fact, drinking. But I don't know that it's gin. You know, this might be apple juice. I mean, I am a pretty cheap date. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. All right. As of Monday, the number of novel coronavirus cases in Canada has climbed to 67 as patients in Alberta doubled to four. Oh, no, I think we're at seven now. And BC officials declared an outbreak at a long-term care facility. Hope my grandma's going to be okay. And uh, we have just uh, in the last hour um, been advised in British Columbia that we have a fatality, which I believe is the first in Canada of the coronavirus. Meanwhile, it looks like uh, trust in media and government has devolved to such an extent that a significant chunk of the population appears to be pretty convinced that this is all just a conspiracy to sell newspapers, which is only going to make this infinitely worse so but Jen I'm gonna ask you about that because I don't know what it's like in Alberta British Columbia is really um, getting the hammer on this coronavirus we've had tremendous unity um, and everyone rallying behind especially the public BC public health officer the Canadian public health officer I think that that there is a sense I don't know how widespread this is across the country but there is a sense I think that um, we have to listen to the scientists, we have to take our cues from the public health officers and just follow their directions. And the directions have stayed pretty consistent all the way through. The containment and the mitigation instructions are pretty much the same. Wash your hands, everybody. Go and wash your hands right now. Do it again. And by the way, don't be so worried about whether you're going to be infected by somebody else. You could be infecting someone else. This is we have to protect each other. So wash hands and social distancing seem to be the big thing. And can we all stop these big get togethers and gatherings? I think that's probably one of the number one things I'm noticing. South by Southwest was canceled. um, And everywhere, uh, major conferences and conventions are being canceled. And I think this is I think this is the root. The thing that I think people have not quite psychologically prepared themselves for is the fact that this isn't going to be gone in two weeks. If things really hit the fan, I mean, we don't know whether or not things are going to hit the fan. And neither of us are epidemiologists and neither of us can pretend to be experts. And I'm drunk. But if things really hit the fan, Mm -hmm. we're in for a couple of weeks, if not a couple of months of a really hard time. So... You know, a week ago when I started to freak out, I went down to Walmart and I stocked up on some canned goods. I stocked up on baby formula. I mean, I, I didn't Was that panic you buy. getting the toilet paper? No, I did not get the toilet paper. There is no reason to be stocking up on fucking toilet paper. Toilet paper is not going to do you any good unless you wrap yourself in it head to toe, uh, several layers thick, and then live in it. <laughs> and if anybody takes me up on that advice, please take photos and send them to me on Twitter because I would like to laugh at you. <laughs> 
but you know, uh, as I said, so I, I don't know what else there is to say about the politics of this. I mean, most of it is going to come down to how the respective provincial health units um, respond. And at this point, I think it's a little bit early for us to be criticizing anybody or praising anyone, to be honest. Yeah, I think that the most important thing we we have is our unity and the strength of our community. And that's just the number one thing. Follow the instructions, follow the advice of professionals and hold off on the criticisms until hopefully not a postmortem or too much of a postmortem. That's it for Oppo this week. Hopefully we'll be back in two weeks, but who knows? Get in touch at oppo at canadalandshow.com or find us on Twitter at oppocast. This episode was produced by David Crosby. Our managing editor is Kevin Sexton. Theme music by Nathan Burley. Nathan Burley.